0: You're listening to the Liverpool Comedy Quota, a strictly measured guide to what is, has been, and will be funny in the city. And in the fortnight where Ian Duncan Smith took the Tories back to the 80s, telling us to get on a bus and find work, we're getting on Duncan's route, uh, going from Edinburgh to the safe seat of Chingford and Woodford Green, and then on two hundred and forty five 145 k salary as a cabinet minister. Apparently it's only £1 on the megabus. The Liverpool Comedy Quota. We're in this together. But before we plant the trees of economic recovery down Princess Avenue after the riots next year, here is your quota of news.
1: Hello, I'm Nina Nina and this is your Quota of News. Shareholders in Greggs have been celebrating after loyal Man U player Wayne Rooney signed a new five-year contract worth an estimated quarter of a million a week. It wasn't all plain sailing though, negotiations almost broke down with harsh words from both club and player in the papers. Even Rooney admitted he felt like a right tit during the talks but since he now earns a million a month he will be able to pay for Colleen to get both done. A Twitter post from Sesame Street character Bert spunked debate about his sexuality when in comparison to Mr T's Mohawk, he referred to his hair as more mo than hawk. Mo can apparently be used as shorthand in gay circles for homosexual. and news outlets are discussing whether Bert has finally come out of the closet. With these seemingly coded messages in our children's shows, experts are now examining footage of Rod from Rainbow Muffin the Mule and trying to figure out what is meant when Bert's pal Ernie has arrived a duck in the bath. And finally, after Margaret Thatcher celebrated her 85th birthday, the people of Liverpool agreed to club together to see if that would finish her off.
0: That was the Quota News with Nino Nino and this is the Liverpool Comedy Quota with me, your host Jay Burnley, filling the minority quota by being an Alderman. Under EU regulations that we've made up, we're also forced to list the full brief of our Meaning that in this show, we'll feature 20% of local comedy talent with Liverpool's own Sam Avery.
2: Hard oh, I meme, mean, just uh, stifling a bear
0: there. 20% of musical talent with a word from chance, sensation, example. i like some Mexican piss water, please. 5% adverts, 40% A-list talent with Richard Herring.
3: I hope York City also go up.
0: And 15% comedy previews with our comedy forecast. Add to that 10% of quote in news, it means we always guarantee to give you 110% th- theoretically. Anyway, we're going to kick off uh, with the man behind the top three single Kickstarts, and the top five album Won't Go Quietly, Example, in a slot we like to call uh, Musical Comedy. Uh, What has Example got to do with comedy, you may ask? Uh, Well, the singer got his funny on, learning stand-up from a headline act as part of BBC Two's culture show, um, and he took time backstage at a gig in Liverpool to tell us how it all started. Over to you, Example.
4: My first gig was to 80 people in the attic of a pub in Colt Garden, and it was probably a 3 out of 10 gig. And the second Uh, one? And the second gig was in front of 600 people at the Lyric Theatre Hammersmith, as uh, coached by Richard Herring, supporting the likes of... um, Phil Jupitus? Phil Jupitus, Harry Hill, and uh, And Richard Herring himself. And another dude, I forget his name, he was part of Pappy's... Oh, Pappy's Fun Club. Pappy's Fun Club. Sorry I forgot his Indeed. name. Indeed. But uh, he was part of that, and he was very good. So how good were you doing that? I, I think the f- if the first gig was like a 3 out of 10, being it, it was the first gig, the second gig was maybe a 8 out of 10, considering it was my secondary gig. Would, would you go back to it? No? I was on for 12 minutes. You did, you did
0: quite well. I've seen that. It's on YouTube if you type in example stand-up. I think you can find that there.
4: Well, I was recently on uh, Shooting Stars with Jack D. Oh, wow. well, I was on Jack Dee's team, I filmed it the other week, it's going to be on air in a few in a few months. And, we, and, we, I t- and Jack Dee had actually done his research and had seen me do stand-up. And he said, uh, mate, anyone who can do 12 minutes on stage in their second gig uh, without being booed or heckled is uh,
0: very, very impressive. Uh, do you find there's any parallels between stand-up comedy and basically touring? You're, you're on the the, nah. you're on the tour.
4: Do you know what? I, I found like... I've performed to like twenty thousand people before, and I've performed, you know, to 500, 600 people doing stand-up, and there was more of a buzz doing stand-up.
0: Was it fear, or was it? Was it just no, it's
4: just like pure adrenaline rush because you haven't got that safety of a backing track or backing singers or oh, DJ okay. to fall Is back on. Is
0: that song that you remember? Well, people,
4: know, li- there's no music. People are literally listening to every word you say, so there's nothing to fall back on should you mess up. You know? Yeah. So what
0: did you make of Richard, Richard Herring mentoring you then?
4: Uh, yeah, he's a good guy man, really good guy. I, mean, we, I think we had like two or three mentoring sessions and he was, he was very helpful actually. I also um, I spent some time with Richard Herring and he was very good. I like, had already written some material and then I spent some time with Jim Jefferies. Oh, I met, yeah, I met he's Jim Jefferies, right? yeah, I met him by chance. Uh, we were playing football for Fulham uh, got in some celebrity it. game, like, celebrity Sky One game. Is he a Fulham fan? No, I think he used to live in Fulham or something ridiculous right. like that. They couldn't find any famous Fulham fans, so they <laughs> they were really, really, like, scraping the barrel. Uh, and, yeah, he. I went down and I just went through some of my jokes, and he just sort of... Just adjusted them and made them extra controversial. Tweaked. Yeah, you the right.
0: tweaked them, them. speaking of Fulham. Fulham fan yourself. Yeah. Liverpool didn't get to the final but you did. Yeah, unbelievable. I- excited are you're are you actually gonna get to see Fulham? Well that's the
4: thing, I was one one The night of the semi final I was on stage in Middlesbrough. And I watched the first half and then came off stage at 10pm to find out we'd gone through. Oh! So you can imagine, I went on stage, we were 1-0 down, came off stage, 2-1 up, and <laughs> won. Uh, then I got about 25 texts from family, friends, everyone, because obviously everyone knows I'm a massive film fan. Yeah. Also, and we're booking tickets tomorrow for to the finals, you want to come? And um, lo and behold, check the dates, and I'm in Swansea. And, and I can't cancel the gig. Well obviously you know, this is no, unprofessional, because you know if you've got a few hundred people in Swansea who to gets your gig and then you cancel. I'm sure you could, but if, you bro- if we broadcast this now, we'll know that you Well I'm got... battling between the notion that if I did go to the Europa League final, it's a once in a lifetime experience, we are probably never going to get to another European final, maybe for 10, the last 20, time 30, know, 40 years. 1975 for FA Cup final, FA Cup final against a... West Ham, last big game probably in Fulham's history. Uh, and, you know, 35 years later, they're in the Europa League final against Adelaide Madrid. How's the music going anyway? You've done you've, um, you We Invented Remix, uh, you did the, the small EP. I did, uh, I did We Invented Remix, uh, I did What We Made, then What We Almost Made, then The Credit Munch. And it, now you've, you've, you've changed it and you've got your album coming out in mid-June? June, June 20th, on my birthday. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to be 28 the day my second album comes out. Jesus, I've not accomplished anywhere near as much as I should have done at your age. But how's it going anyway? <laughs> you mate, get Shay, fine mate, you're fine. Uh, t- top, ten, top 10 single? Top 10 single, top 20 single... Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Has it changed you in any way? Is it like... No, a I don't okay. at all. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I'm here talking shoes. so I can't change you that much. No! No! <laughs> no! No! I like Seriously, Obviously, I think... Uh, I've got a really good group of people around me. You know, management, and my band, and my friends, and my family, and... <clears throat> I'm pretty sure if I was going to change, they'd be the first to pick
0: me up. <laughs> S- they'd slap you in the face. Yeah, and they haven't, so I'm I'm pretty happy. <laughs> you happy with the music as well? Because you, like you say, it, you've, yeah. you've changed. You've changed. Everybody always picks up on this Like oh, it was, you used to do hip hop, and now it's sort of like. Uh, is it, I'd say electro sort of like oh, it's, it's electro pop it's kind of ravey but both kind of, of cool. them were, both, I think both albums were, uh, the main albums were both poppy in, yeah in no I, mean, I, I think yeah. the
4: first album was pop I mean, I, yeah. I mean the first album I was trying to make a pop rap album there's no way I was trying to be underground I was mm. trying to get a top 10 ah. or top 20 here mm. you know or you know headline festivals but I listen back to the album now and I realise it just wasn't good enough the production wasn't good enough the choruses weren't good enough the concepts weren't good enough we still got a fan yeah. base that actually likes the old stuff we I mean yeah I think there's definitely a fan base who don't like, there's certain people who don't like the new stuff and prefer the old stuff and then there's other people who love the new stuff and love the old stuff. Mm. Um, I think really what it comes down to is for me it's about good music and when I made my first album, I started making that when I was 23, I put it out when I was 25 and at that personal time of my life, that was my favourite. You know, I think from what I achieved, I should be really proud of what I achieved at that moment in time. I released an album on a record label, you know, and it got out in the shops and I think that's an achievement and I'm proud of the songs and proud of the work on there but I listen back to it now and I know that the music isn't as good as my new stuff and it comes down to the fact that my songwriting has become better because I've never really wanted to put all the focus on whether I'm good at rapping or not I've always been about the songwriting aspect it's not just about big singles now it's about having a great album and it's about appealing for me it's about as appealing as to as many people as possible without um, Really watering down, you know, the standard of your music, you know. And I like to keep a high standard music. And I also never put anything out that I'm not personally proud of. I've never put out a record just to gain fans. I put out the best record possible that I'm happy with. I'm all about getting a massive group of people together, singing it with their arms around each other. I'm not about, you know, it's not about commercialism. It's about as many people as possible singing that chorus. So much. But, co- well, but in well, saying that, the words have to mean something, you know?
0: Any words from each and every before I go?
4: Uh, try this for example.com.
0: Example's latest single, Two Lives, is released on November 14th, and just before that, uh, beginning of November, he's going to release tour dates for the beginning of the year, next year. February and March, I think they are. And uh, if you want to catch his uh, stand-up set, it's about 30 minutes long. You can find it on YouTube under Example Does Stand-Up. We do like to hit our quota of homegrown talent on this show uh, and let you know our local comedians a bit better in a segment we call Who Are You? Uh, this time we bring you Rawhide Raw's resident MC, Sam Avery.
2: Who are you? My name's Sam Avery and I'm uh, a stand up comedian from from a golf originally. Uh, how many years in comedy have you had? Um, I'd say about six years in comedy, but only really kind of taken it seriously the last four years. Uh, first gig? First gig was in uh, the Unity Theatre, which was um, a student gig that I got asked to do when I did a, a Mick Jagger impression in the John Moes University, which was horrendous. Best gig? Best gig. Um, probably doing the comedy store the first time during an open spot and the owner coming in the back the back room and just saying how impressed he was by me and you know it was arsed. I couldn't sleep for about three days. Worst gig? Worst gig probably in Clitheroe in 2007 and I hadn't done a gig in five weeks which is a you know a lifetime in comedy and it was horrendous because just no one laughed and I didn't know what I was doing. Died of death beyond belief. Earliest, earliest comedy memory? Earliest comedy memory, probably pretending to be Bono with a uh, snooker cue when I was about three to the Band-Aid song and everyone laughing at me and me taking myself really seriously and thinking, what are you laughing at? Favourite comedian? Favourite comedian is Richard Pryor um, because I love the sort of social commentary that he does which is ironically, is not, not nothing like I do, you know, but it's, I just I love the kind of hard-hitting humour that he uses.
0: So if you want to see Sam in more bite-sized chunks, uh, he hosts Rawhide Raw every Tuesday at Bar Bar Myrtle Street, just across from the Philharmonic, um, the pub or the or the uh, Philharmonic Hall. Uh, make sure you get there for eight. Three pound on the door, or pre-book on 0870 787 1866. Uh, it features two up-and-coming stand-ups who've been on the circuit for a while, uh, and it also gives you the finest gong show in Liverpool, showcasing Newt Brands new a brand new Axe uh, who are on the road to superstardom or obscurity, depending on how the crowd goes.
2: So you're accessing child pornography and you don't want to end up in prison being beaten daily by hard criminals with an ironic sense of morality. Just turn on private browsing in Internet Explorer 8. Do your thing, whackety-whack, and the Daily Mail doesn't have to know what you've been up to. Your secret's safe. I'm a PC and, oh, hello, officer
0: now, it's time for our headline act, uh, Richard Herring. Uh, Richard's been doing stand-up for ages, uh, from Fist of Fun with Stuart Lee, uh, to the podcast he's been doing recently with Andrew Collins, um, a string of Edinburgh shows, uh, and one of which which finished here, uh, in this fair city. Uh, the hit the moustache uh, down at Comedy Central, which is Baby Blue, on the docks, and I managed to interview him after the show, uh, where he tries to reclaim the tash for comedy. There's... there's a couple of things you need to know about this interview. One is that we were walking along the docks uh, and he still had his Hitler moustache on uh, and I'm black. Uh, As we walked past the Slavery Museum it didn't feel any awkward at all Um, and you will hear a bit of panting uh, probably from either of us Uh, because we were just two large men on a brisk walk. So anyway, here's, here's the interview. So it's the end of end of the yeah. uh, Hitler moustache. Yes. Tell us a bit about what the show was yes. as it ended.
3: Um, yeah, well, it was. Uh, I just kind of came up with this stupid idea. I think in the podcast we kind of started talking about it with Andrew about moustaches and then why the toothbrush moustache was only associated with Hitler when Ch- Chapman had it and wondered what would happen. It, you know, it just it was. I was just going to do it for Andrew. But... I was just going to do it for Andrew one week, he's going to turn up, I was going to have a hit and a I think, I did that one week, and it just even felt naughty to do it wrong, to do it in the house, and I just sort of started thinking about why that was, and I was interested to see what would happen to me, though quite scared to see what would happen to me, and I just wanted, and I just thought there was lots of ideas I was having about symbols, I'd come up with that routine about the, uh, you know, racists being more liberals than liberals, if you kind of think of it in in a certain way, and I thought that was a good routine, and I kind of really wanted to use that, so I kind of knew you know, these things were just kind of coming together. But it was basically the, the starting point was just a slightly silly, stunty kind of show about uh, just seeing what happened to me if I had this moustache with some ideas about symbolism and and racism, I guess. But uh, and uh, why, why, why what, you know? But, but so many things kind of happened while I had the moustache, or, or you know, in leading up to. I mean, just kind of the kind of you know, the synchronicity of meeting Carol Thatcher the week after she, that happened and getting into all that kind of discussion and. Uh, you know, and then the BNP were in these seats just as I was about to kind of shave down the moustache. That's, that's what I suppose changed the direction slightly. I was going to talk about the BNP, I think, but, you know, it just meant there was a real... It gave, it gave the idea a kind of political impetus and more of a point to it, I think, which was good. But, uh, yeah. I, you know, that's when you come up with the idea, you're kind of hoping... You know, I was sort of hoping things would happen. I was, you know, when when my phone got stolen, I was upset for a while, but within about half a day, I was thinking, this is kind of what I wanted. I wanted something like this to happen, <laughs> so I could do a routine about it. Comedy So You know, so you, it's, it's that's kind of a nice thing about being a comedian. Something bad happens, as long as it doesn't hurt you too much, it's still quite good for, mm. for for a routine. You know, so all the all the bad things kind of make better stories, I suppose. But yeah, so that was the starting point. Do, do
0: you think you've made a change with having this? Have you reclaimed the hip moustache? I don't. The end I mean.
3: It, not yet, I don't think, but I think what's been quite good is, um, you know, a lot of people have come and it, it, it does promote a lot of discussion, and obviously lots of people have seen it, it's been a very successful show, and enough people have said to me that they were going to vote, and they didn't vote before, and they're yeah. going to vote from now on, to make me think, well, at least that's something, you know, if, if a few hundred people... Uh, going to vote and, and understand what the importance of voting is. Then, uh, although at the moment I'm not. I sure <laughs> After say, the, after the we, general we, election, <laughs> this, the, but do you think you've swayed them to go more, vote more right wing? <laughs> well, I think the. Conser- I mean, in, in a way, I think the Conservatives, you know, have sort of lost in a way because they <laughs> they should vote, they should it, have really yeah. won by miles <laughs> with what they were given. So they dropped the ball. But uh, I think it's kind of interesting that that you know, if we were doing another show, that that election is kind of you know the Liberals chain- going with the Conservatives is a bit yeah. of a. A weird move, but it's you know, but that's why again, it's why it's important to go out and vote, and why it's you know important to think about. I think people are thinking about electoral reform and what a true democracy is, and I think that's all part of it. you know, in a true democracy, Nick Griffin probably will be in Parliament mm. uh, if if that ever came up, you know. So that, but then it's allowing people to have the freedom of speech to. To be whoever they want to be you know in a way we being British is allowing Nick Griffin to be who he wants to be and uh, that makes that you know that's why the country's a great country so we can't you can't kind of go everyone gets the right vote except people I don't like you know it's got to be, it's got to be more that so you know hopefully it's made a little bit of a difference and I think it's you know it's nice to do a kind of more serious show I mean tonight was weird because it was so late and yeah. I was you know you can sense that the audience are kind of thinking, you know this is, you know, it's getting about past 11 o'clock because <laughs> it, it started so late. And usually this is a two-half show, you know, so... Mm. But even so, I think they kind of hung on for all the the second... You know, I was worried about the second half being more, you know, more ideas and speech than jokes, really. And they kind of hung through all the more serious bits as well. Does it
0: feel a good crowd, is it? I mean, yeah, it is.
3: Yeah, it usually is. I mean, this, it was just a little bit weird tonight just because of the late... You know, the fact that they'd put on two shows for some reason and... Um, Robin you was know, ins- 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 yeah, on before you. Yeah. yeah, Robin went on first and did more. You know, inevitably, he was trying to do his two hour show in an hour, did took about an hour and a half. And, yeah. uh, you know, similarly for me, I was trying to get my show down a, a bit shorter than it usually is and, you know, forgot bits or missed bits out. And uh, <laughs> so it wasn't ideal. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the perfect end. Whereas a, a lot of them have been re- really. Well, I've been. Often it's the Unity Theatre I've been finishing at, and that's a really, really nice space. And. Uh, Ran the corner. That was where you yeah. got hit no, no, by. Then no, 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 I got in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> so always, you know, there's always something in Liverpool. Well, wait, we're nearly back at the hotel, but <laughs> hopefully we'll be. You could turn out to be about just. <laughs> I was yeah, just yeah. waiting for the right moment yeah. to give you a smoke. No,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from JMU as well.
3: Have uh, <Sailorra> <laughs> you found any any
0: sort of? Um, you, you've delved into sort of like racism across the UK. Yeah. With, with the, what have you seen in terms of? I mean, from a kind of multicultural sort of area of London, or yeah. well, travelling around the UK? What, what have you seen?
3: Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, obviously it's still a problem, and it's you know, and things and things aren't right. But I, you know, I, I think by I think it's important to sort of remain positive about it, and and not give people the negative role models. And that's sort of true of nearly all, like kid. You know, I think with young people, and with young black people a lot, but with just young people, that you know, they're they're demonised by society, you know, and you've got these hoodies and you've got, oh, everyone's going to be stabbed, but if you're, yeah. if there's teenagers hanging around the corner, they're going to stab you. You know, most young people are really, are much nicer than we were when we were young. <laughs> we were, young, and a, and we a were really, evil racists. You know, and a, yeah, exactly, and a good, city, you know, pretty good citizens who care about the world, and you don't he- ever hear about that kind of teenager, you know what I mean? Mm. And I think that, you know, I think with the, the, You know, you do travel around in different different places where you know you go. You know, I've been down in Cornwall and you know places where there are just really hardly any black people, and there's a different attitude. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, and they're almost the most they're almost the most racist. I think Mm. not to go at the Cornish, (laughs) but people people from places where there aren't black people, I think, haven't got used. You know, it's it's like people of my parents' generation who live in the countryside and you know and still have a slight fear and whatever of difference. You know, and. uh, and Actually, in most cities, I think there is, obviously there are problems. But I, what, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that the problems get picked out artificially, whereas I think yeah. the vast majority of people, are quite even nice. even people who vote for BNP, you know, have black mates and, oh. or black wives, you know, and just <laughs> they're so stupid they can't, they don't see the link or they think they're making a point about something else, you know, or they think they're voting against immigration and... So, you know, I think the immigrants... what it's become, I think, is about immigrants, which is a coded way of being racist uh, most of the time, but also people are fearful about losing... yes yeah, straight on, straight on. Um, are kind of fearful about losing their jobs to other people. But the truth is, the immigrants are, come, are coming in not to sponge, they're coming here because they see this country as a place of opportunity where they can come and work and they're prepared to do the work, you know what mm. I mean? That's the, when you see these shows, the guys who are on the, you know, on the dole, the white guys on the dole, they say, will you come and pick turnips? They go, oh no, I'm not doing that for £8 an hour. But the immigrants will come and do it because they see Britain as a, a land of opportunity, which it is. If you're prepared to work, you can really build yourself up, you know? And that's what a lot of the immigrant populations have done, isn't it? A lot of, mm. Certainly a lot of the Asian guys have sort of started up businesses and, and 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 made you know made a killing by coming by coming here by being prepared to work. So, you know, I just I, I that to me is that that kind of the way immigration became a, <clears throat> a big thing in the election for me was worrying because I think it's I think it is they say it's not about being racist, but it's it is COVID-19. about it is about being racist, you know, and it <laughs> is about and it it's more about black people than European people, and it's you know it is. So you know that's it's just it's just annoying that the main parties have kind of taken on board that subject because of UKIP and the BNP and they think they have to deal with it. I still think, it definitely is a problem for people, but I still think it's... most people, you know, love the country and Britain's quite a good country and I guess that's... I'm just trying to put that point of view and I'm not saying I have all the answers and I'm not saying I'm right. And I'm certainly... I don't want to... I don't want to be looking like someone who's going, don't worry, there's no racism and everything's fine, because I know that's not the case. But yeah, when you look at the 1970s, you know, we lived in a country where you could have people on T V just going now well, his black fella and it's packing and that was fine, you know, that was fucking fun. Yeah, yeah but you the, know, the but the just the comedians and it's just that's awful though I mean it's great that we've got away from that and we've got to a point where you know, I you know, people I, I, th- I think it, there is much more integration. Um, and also we live in a country where you're allowed to you know, be what you want to be as well. That's why I like. It's kind of I don't like it when people are going, Oh, if they come here they learn our language and take our religion, you know, I think what's great about Britain <laughs> is that you're allowed to, you know, you can be Catholic or Protestant, you know, <laughs> if you're white, and that's been alright for, for 400 years, so... You've, written, you've uh, also written for
0: Al Murray, and uh, yeah. you, were so, you say in the show about, you know, it's, the crowd that Al Murray used to get to oppose what it is, do you think there's a, a fear of it tipping over where it's not ironic anymore, and it's sort I of I think like you
3: just have to keep an eye on it, but it's not your responsibility to tell people how to enjoy something either you know Mm. so i think with my stuff it's you know it's always going to be too um wordy (laughs) i think to (laughs) to really get you know it's weird because with the podcast sometimes i think you know with the the podcast with andrew collins we're very rude and 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 say outrageous things and i think some of the people who listen to the podcast possibly think i mean it or you know i think they're enjoying it in the wrong way or not the way i intend it to be enjoyed which is You know, so I think occasionally you'll meet someone who's kind of seems to be laughing at it in a way that I hadn't intended it to be laughed at. <laughs> um, so you do have to be kind of careful, but I think, you know, I, I do take a lot of thought about everything. I don't you know the things that offended people in this show are all different. You know, nearly everyone who's been offended by something has been a different, different thing. Yeah. And you can't actually stop worrying about it too much. It's, it's kind of round this way, it's not this one; it's round the back. But uh, yeah, all right. um, yeah uh, so. Uh, you know, so I think you've got to just—you've got to, as a com- as a comedian, as a writer, I've got to think about what uh, I mean and what I'm prepared to, you know, what what I what I'm, what I'm trying to say, and and if uh, I think if we go this way, no pedestrians.
0: Talking talking about writing, you've got um, you've got next Edinburgh show coming out, which is yeah. is that Christ on a bike? Yeah, yeah. Second so coming and book as well. And that's a grow up.
3: Yes, the book's out now. Yeah. So yeah, so it's you know there's plenty coming, and another series of as it occurs to me, which is. thing that really needs writing (laughs) because the the i'm going to rewrite but it's uh but it's you know obviously i've got like i haven't looked at it yet but i've got a starting point now because i've I've done a you know 90 minute show of that show so hopefully i should should be okay with that but um yeah and the book's just come out which you know seems to be doing okay so far it's you know it's 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 just about me getting a 40 and feeling that i hadn't grown you know that i wasn't the same place my dad was at 40 it's just about that year, really, but it's about not, being growing, not growing up, which, again, I think is a, a lot of people are allowed to stay younger than the, we were, in, you know, than our parents were. And I think it's quite an interesting phenomenon. But accidentally, I've kind of tapped into something, you know, I think there's a lot of people feeling the same thing. So it's just about, it was about my personal crisis from from that year. I turned 40 in the way, my, you know, but it's quite a personal and honest look at myself and my flaws and then also, at, uh, you know, finding a way... Out of that, I guess, and, and becoming hopefully a bit of a better person than I was being. But it's a fu- you know, it's a funny book. Just looking at my own stupidity, really, which is a which increasingly is what I want to do and stand up just to be kind of honest and and self self analytical and uh, mm. you know and, and and find those things that are embarrassing and but human, you know, and universal really. And that's the nice thing is, you know, I'm not I'm not so weird <laughs> that anything I do isn't something most people have done. So uh, you know, by admitting those embarrassing things. Um, You know, there's something quite liberating about it for both performer and audience, I think, or writer and reader in that case. So, yes, it's it's quite an open book, but just trying to, you know, hopefully look at myself and understand myself better and and look at that phenomenon of of why so many people are still uh, 40 and dressing like they're 19. Richard Herring, for, thank you very much. Thank
0: you very much. And there you have it. Uh, that was Richard Herring. Uh, if you want to get his book, It's How Not to Grow Up in old bookstores. Uh, catch him on richardherring.com. Uh, where you can even find a little piece about me uh, when we had that interview if you look for Warming Up uh, on the 12th of May, 2010. Uh, also get his DVDs on gofasterstripe.com uh, of all, all the Edinburgh shows that he's done. Uh, and catch his podcasts uh, on iTunes. Uh, the... Uh, Collings and Heron podcasts. Uh, the nights are drawing in now and it's looking a little funny outside so that means it must be time for the comedy forecast. Joining me uh, this week is Ian
5: Christie uh, from the Royal Court. Hello Ian. Do uh, you want to tell us what's on this this fortnight? Uh, yeah, it's, It looks like another cu- busy couple of weeks for comedy in Liverpool. Uh going to do these as, as listings. Um, Monday the 1st, it's the Mellow Mellow Comedy Night, spelled with a K. That's, ah, uh, I see what they've done there. Uh, yeah, night with a K, not comedy with a K, that's been done. Um, then Tuesday the 2nd, it's the regular uh, open mic night, Rawhide Raw, up at Bar Bar on Myrtle Street, where you can see some of the very best and some of the very worst in new comedy. Uh, always makes for a good laugh. We've, uh, um, yeah, we've had an interview with uh, Sam on earlier in the show. Smashing, so, so you know, you know the script. Laugh yep. with them, laugh at them, do whatever you choose. <laughs> but uh, it's only three quid as well, pound a bottle, so that's a good good way to start the week. Uh, then we're into the weekend now. The regular weekend shows uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You've got gigs on at Lenny's Bar and Grill, uh, Rawhide Comedy Club, which is the, uh, the the most fantastic comedy club in the world. No, the, uh, uh, yeah, oh, the Yeah, at the Court, funny yeah. you should mention fantastic. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Comedy Central down at uh, Baby Blue. So lineups this weekend. Uh, Thursday night, one to look out for is Mike Gunn at Rawhide Comedy Club. A Very interesting guy. He's got uh, an interesting history. Did he used to be an
0: undertaker or something? He or used
5: to right? be an undertaker. Uh, he, he had uh, a period where he was a heroin addict as well. Ah, uh, uh, so I hear that that's the career path. Uh, that it. <laughs> yes. Uh, he worked as worked take, undertaker, yeah, then thought he'd be better in front of a live audience, so switched out. <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, <laughs> so the usual Thursday night show at Raw Hydra, it's the headliner from the weekend, the compare from the weekend, plus a couple of guest acts, so you get to see some new comedy there. Mm. Um, on Friday and Saturday, uh, Lenny's Bar and Grill and the Slaughterhouse, uh, they, they double up the bills most of the time, and it's Adi van der Borg this week, who mm. I find incredibly funny. Is he Dutch by any chance? He's not actually, he's not. <laughs> Is uh, he? He's, he's English, um, he possibly has Dutch Parentage, but uh, he, he's a very surreal uh, act, very, very odd and quirky. He, he looks a bit like Frank Zappa, doesn't he? He does, he's got a colossal nose, and he used to come on with a <laughs> fake nose over his real nose and say, Yeah, it's fake, take the fake one off. And his real nose, even more hideous than the fake <laughs> nose, was underneath. Cracking guy, cracking guy, well worth a watch. Um, the full Rawhide Bill as well, and Comedy Central Bills that weekend, so Mike Gunn, Barry Dodds, and Springsteen joining Mike Wilkinson at Rawhide. And Comedy Central have got Don Woodward, Kerry Marks, and John Gordillo. Uh, Kerry Mark's a, um, a magician uh, who Can does uh, some close-up magic as well as comedy so uh, you will be amazed as well as amused. Mm. Um, Sunday night and it's the another open mic night at Envy. Um, it, it's that's, just off Concert Square. That's the one. The what used to be the 147? Back in the day it used to be the 147, uh, now, it's, now it's Envy. Uh, hot water, best of the best comedy. Uh, eight of the best comedians over the last four months. So it's presumably on form rather than on... Uh, <laughs> for, form is temporary, class is permanent. But these guys are coming in. You get to see, again, some some of the best new acts uh, trying things out. Um, and that rolls us into next week. Again, Rawhide Raw, Tuesday the 9th. Uh, Thursday the 11th, uh, you get to see more of the same from uh, Lenny's Bar and Grill, Rawhide and Comedy Central. Uh, in particular, Barbara Nice is on at Lenny's Bar. Um, oh that's the part of the touring shows that they're doing isn't it yeah
0: yeah yeah they're getting some of the Edinburgh shows in, and well, they, they start off at Edinburgh and then they go all across the UK.
5: But absolutely, some some of the one-offs. I mean, Barbara Nice, <coughs> you might recognise her from Peter Kay's Phoenix Nights. Yeah, um, she's like, I've met her in Edinburgh, and she's just so lovely. I've, I've actually touched her, which sounds
0: bizarre, but in, it, in she, a nice way. She tends to crowd surf at the end of every show, <laughs> um, and and my girlfriend pushed me into sort of like, go on, yeah, not don't, yeah, yeah. don't, don't be so, you know. So I
5: ended up having to hold her up, and uh, my girlfriend made me do it. Um, but no, Barbara <laughs> Touch Nice, another woman. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all been there, jay um, Barbara, nice uh, again. She's lovely. It's a bit like watching your mum do comedy, but she's yeah. she's, she's smashing. You mm. you'll come away with a, a lovely, warm feeling. No, no, yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Into the weekend, it's the full the full hit of uh, Lenny's Bar and Grill, The Slaughterhouse, Rawhide and Comedy Central uh, down at Baby Blue. Uh, again, the, the Friday, Saturday nights, all these venues. It's the real proper night out. Get yourself yeah. down there, have a bite to eat. You can, you can actually tie your show. tickets with meals, can't you? With, with, you can with most of them. Uh, you can with most of them. Certainly Rawhide and Comedy Central. I think you can at the two. Yeah, Lenny's Bar and Grill, I think, do, have, great. do food. Um, but it, it's it, it's a great night out, really. It's just get, get your meal, get yourself settled in biggest some beers. Of beers. Get some beers. <laughs> Someone makes you laugh all night, and then you, you're away. Um, all very, very pleasant, and all at reasonable prices. Very reasonable. Prices. So who's on who's on that weekend then? Um, Lenny's bar. Um, Steve Porter is um, good local comparing, comedian, uh, and he's introducing an even better local comedian, Keith Carter, who's playing. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah. He's got Steve Shaniafsky supporting and Adam Bloom, who. Um, he's been going for a while, isn't he? Adam Bloom's brilliant. He's, he's a brilliant, brilliant comic. Very hyperactive, I think. He, he is. He's slightly. I think he's slightly autistic. He's very. <laughs> Very, very well organised man, um, and he cr- he crafts jokes. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah. he takes a joke, and whereas most just say there's a joke that's quite funny, he takes it and then he refines it and refines it and refines it until it's the perfect gag. Yeah. Um, he's a smashing fella as well. So he, he's opening over at Lenny's, so that means he'll be closing at the Slaughterhouse, yeah. um, and Nigel will be opening, um, and Steve Shniaski will be on in the middle of both of those somehow. Um, but anyway, um, good good bills there. Um, <laughs> over at Rawhide, it's Jeff Boys who is one of the best imitators of Pesky and uh, De Niro.
0: And De Niro. <laughs> I saw that when I
5: first came to university. Oh. fantastic! He does. He's a cracker. He, when he plays Rawhide, the doorman always get him to do his De Niro on stage. The doorman all come <laughs> down from upstairs to watch it. He's, he's superb. Um, Dave Williams is compared there with Mark Meyer and uh, Mundo Jazz um, in the middle spot there. Mundo Jazz who. Came up with the uh, one of the best talking in a comedy club lines I've ever heard. He said, "Talking in a comedy club is like going to a zoo and bringing your own giraffe." So, <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic guy, fantastic guy. Uh, go to his website as well. He's got a wide range of merchandise. I've uh, seen that. Yeah, there's a beer called responsibly, so you can purely you can drink responsibly. <laughs> so he he takes puns and takes them too far Um, but he's a a cracking guy Uh, and over at Comedy Central it's John Warburton Mike Milligan the Geordie and Chris Stokes coming down to keep you entertained and wrap the weekend up with another night at Envy Hot Water Comedy again open mic uh, hosted by Paul Smith Um, and that's a perfect way to finish the weekend thanks a lot Ian Cheers, Joe.
0: And that one we did forget to mention, the fact that well, there are two huge stars of comedy coming to Liverpool uh, very soon. On the 12th, Al Murray plays the Philharmonic uh, with his new show, uh, with the land, Al Murray's Pub Landlord. Uh, on the 14th, at the Royal Court, uh, Ian should have known better, uh, him, his Reginald D. Hunter. And hopefully we'll have both of those on the next podcast. Um, so tune in next time uh, in a fortnight's time to the Liverpool Comedy Quota.